Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Hey everybody, it's Matt Kelly from Geekscape just jumping in because you're getting a sneak peek of the newest show that has premiered on the network that is Weird Algorithm, which is hosted by myself and Matthew Milligan of the band Weedus. Every single week we break down a song from Weird Al's career, one track at a time, one album at a time. In chronological order. For the first episode, however, it's more about our connection with Al's music and a few of the early demos that made their way onto Dr. Demento before he was offered his record contract. So check this out. It's just a nice little 10, 15 minute snippet of the full episode. And if it's something you're into, go find Weird Algorithm on any of your podcasting apps. And subscribe, because next week we're diving into the self-titled Weird Album. See what I did there? Because his name is Weird Al, and they're called Albums. Anyway, enjoy. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, 
Considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50, the words one hit and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. everybody and welcome to the first episode of weird algorithm i'm your host matt and i am matthew and we are two weird alcoholics who absolutely love weird al and everything about him so we decided after doing a bunch of different podcasts together that it was time that we sat down in front of microphones went through everything weird al has ever put out and put together the definitive rankings of his best songs are you ready for this? This is quite the undertaking. This is great. I'm glad that you said that because as I was getting ready to start this, I thought, did we agree on a name for this podcast? <laughs> yes. And I honestly couldn't remember if we had talked about it or not. And then you just you you had your intro ready to go. You're the professional. <laughs> I am somewhat new at this, but I am going to learn from example and we're going to dive right in. I'm very excited. We're going to be fine. Now for this first episode, we're going to talk about a couple Weird Al songs that I don't think we're actually going to put into the rankings. But right. before we get into that, I want to talk about our discovery of Weird Al. Uh, because I'm pretty sure you and I are about the exact same age. I think we have very similar stories yes. and experiences. So I am curious, what was your first exposure to Weird Al? Well, I remember I was given Bad Hair Day as a great job gift from graduating the fourth grade. Nice. I don't know why I knew it, though. That's one of those interesting things about Al. Like, somebody must have shown me him. And I don't remember who that was, because I don't know where I would have discovered him or heard him in my life, you know, before, like, wanting that, because I asked for that. I was excited about it. But I remember that was a gift. And, man, this could be a long side story, but I'm going to make it as brief as I can. My family growing up had a tradition. Every year, we drove from New York, Long Island, where I grew up, to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Which is, like right by me so there perfect. you go and it was an extended all of my cousins aunts and uncles it was this massive caravan of cars that went to hershey park every summer and on the way there we stopped in lancaster which is amish country and my poor parents <laughs> i we must have listened to amish paradise on repeat for the full three and a half hour drive it was all i could i mean i would get through more of the cd but then i just kept going back to the front because i wanted to hear that because i just thought it was so funny so amish paradise was also my introduction to Al. yeah I, i've talked about this on on one hit thunder before but i was really late to modern music like for i would say about the first 10 years of my life if my parents weren't listening to it in their car i wasn't aware that it was music yeah. and it really wasn't until like 1994 or even maybe 95 when my cousin played me Green Day Dookie that I was like wait wait mm. there's other music like yeah. <laughs> there's there's more out there so like I went head first I was all in on MTV I think you guys would have gotten it up in Long Island but the box did you have the box we did but it was not something I guess I didn't have access to that channel in my house I don't even remember I remembered seeing that at friends houses but I yeah. was not able to watch it at home for whatever cable programming reason but it did exist yeah so i remember i was at that point i gotten really into grunge music i'd gotten into that whole scene 
but I also really liked the occasional rap song and Gangster's mm-hmm. Paradise was like my shit. I loved that <laughs> song when I heard it. So I was watching the box and I heard what I thought was Gangster's Paradise come on. So I mm-hmm. ran in to make sure that I caught, you know, one of my favorite videos and I was like, what is this? And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And I was trying to explain it to my parents. And my parents were like, oh, yeah, this Weird Al Yankovic. Like, they were, like, so well aware of who he was. And I was like, <laughs> how has no one told me about this? And the first girl, I wouldn't even say we were boyfriend and girlfriend because, you know, you're in fourth grade. It was just like, oh, sure. it's a girl yeah. that you're friends with, so you're dating. Her brother had bad hair day, and she made me a cassette of it. And wow. I listened to that cassette repeatedly and then my cousin gave me all of his albums yeah at al dash bums um, and <laughs> i ran to i i at this exact same time it was the perfect time in my life i was 12 years old just discovering music during what i would still argue is the greatest decade of music and a sam goodies used cd store opened directly behind my house <laughs> like two-minute walk to get to the Sam Goody store. Yeah. And I remember I walked in there and they had a VHS tape of every Weird Al music video. And it was like, I needed that tape. Like, <laughs> I, I remember that tape. I didn't, I don't know if, I don't think I owned that, but I had a, a friend who did and a VHS of all of the, the music videos and stuff. And I, I, I remember having a similar sense of, you know, it's so funny going back to this time. Not only was I young, but the internet was, I existed, but it was not a, a resource like it is now. No, not at all. And trying to track down his music. I went to, after Bad Hair Day and I became obsessed, I went to a Sam Goody as well and found one of those weird compilation releases that came out. Oh, like and the it was Food Album or one of those th- things? The Food Album and the TV Album, Yes, which I found out later Al apparently really hated the fact that those came out because they were <laughs> that was Scotty Brothers just kind of like trying to make as much money off of his catalog as they possibly could. But that was, that was the next step for me. Um, I wasn't such an album purist back then as I am today. <laughs> I am, I for whatever reason, when I discovered Green Day Dookie, I became an album purist for the next 20 plus years of my I life. I mean, I am now, but it, <laughs> it took me a while. At that point, I was not, I, I just was like, whatever I could get my hands on, it didn't occur to me like what it was that I had. It just had his name on it. I was like, yes, that's that's for me. <laughs> I uh, I definitely had the food album on cassette. I know yeah. that for a fact. I had that cassette. The other big thing that I think about at this time when I discovered Weird Al was beyond the fact that like everyone in my family knew that this was a thing and no one had told me was when I got really into Weird Al, my grandfather, who I've always been, who I was always close with, was a musician. He loved Dixieland music and he loved Mel Brooks and Marx Brothers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So he, seeing that I had taken an interest into comedy music took it upon himself to make me a cassette of music that he thinks was a huge inspiration on Weird Al's music. And I still have this tape. And it's just a combination of Benny Bell, Spike Jones and the City Slickers, yeah, course, and Stan yeah. Freeberg. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I can't listen to that stuff and A, not think about my grandfather, but also yeah. B, not hear a, such a clear influence on Weird It's crazy. Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I didn't have that. It's funny. Like, I, I came from a pretty unmusical family. Like, my parents, we listened to the radio in the car, but my parents were not people with, like, a record collection or any, like, and I'm also the oldest kid of my yeah. siblings. So I had a couple of older cousins, but not people I was particularly close with. So it was very, like... 
the discovery process for me was very solitary, and I was kind of figuring this stuff out on my own. I didn't hear Spike Jones or any of those like you know early references you were talking about, like influences on him. Alan Sherman. That's a big one too. Yeah. That was that was way later for me. I went back and I heard that stuff, and I was like, wow, that's so interesting. Because to me, especially as a kid, and then growing up as, into my teens, uh, it took me a while before I, in my mind, Weird Al was just like where did this guy come from? Like yeah. He just stood alone in the world as this bizarre figure. And I did do some diving of my own before that into like Dr. Demento's releases and some of his compilations of the Bizarro stuff that he put out. But even in that world, Al was different. Like yeah. so, so much of it was so counterculture and strange and I grew to really love that and I still like, I credit it to Al. I'm such a huge fan of outsider music and uh, just the most oddball things you can find. But... Yeah, it was it was quite a discovery for me later on to to track down those like early references of his. When we get into next week's episode, which is, you know, kind of more of the official kickoff of of the podcast, yeah. I mean, I'll throw way more reasons why, but especially that early Al, that 70s into the 80s, early 80s Al, it's so punk rock. It's yeah, so for sure it, it is. It's so like like you said counterculture, but it's also like just anti everything. <laughs> I know it's it's amazing, and honestly, even in these songs that we're gonna do, which I was really happy that you wanted to start with these because I had not heard these before. Same. Apparently, I guess I had heard "Take Me Home" in passing once, but I vaguely, vaguely remembered it, but it didn't register really. It, it is. It's it's anti everything. It's such a funny <laughs> thing that he he does where it's just like, well, we should get into it song by song. But yeah. I, I was fascinated to hear the. Um, that early voice of his. Let's dive into the, so the three songs we're looking at are Belvedere Cruisin', Take Me Down, and School Cafeteria. Oh, Take Me Down. I think I said Take Me Home. Country Roads. That's a whole other thing. It's all the same thing. (laughs) So the reason why we picked these three specific songs is when I was doing research on the Weird Al Wiki, these were three songs that were called out as like huge hits on Dr. Demento that really never made their way onto an official Al release. Yeah. That may have changed with like that crazy like 20 vinyl release that came out a year or two ago, the squeeze box. So take me down. I'm going to I'm going to try really hard to yeah. get that right from now on. <laughs> take me down, I believe made it onto the medium rarities yes. compilation that's in squeeze box, but the other two I don't think did. Yeah, and and I I listened to them a couple times. So so we'll start with Belvedere Cruising, which yeah. I'm pretty sure is his legitimately his very first song. <laughs> Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, 